Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Welcome to the church. And could you join me as we welcome everyone that's watching online right now? Come on, man. Man, I'm telling you, man, it has been growing and growing from 3,000 to 3,500 to 4,000 people checking in every week with us online. It's insane. So welcome, right? Praise the Lord. Check this out. Jesus said this. this is, here's what he said. This is where he got crazy because, um, you know, he, he did all that, you know, the stuff that we, 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 we were, uh, you know, familiar with, the life of Christ, and he, he kind of, he hung out, and he, he picked out a few homies that were going to stay tight with him, and he taught them some stuff, and he says, okay, you're going to do this too, kind of stuff, and they kind of hung out, and then they all saw him die, and they freaked out, and they're like, oh, man, I guess he wasn't serious, all right? But then they, they, they you know, they, they saw him rise again. He, he got up, he got out of the grave, you know what I mean? Drop, kicked the stone, boom, came out there and said, what are you now, right? All right, because he's big old Jesus. All right, and so he came out there and he was all that. And and then his homies were like, "Whoa, man!" And then they're like, "Okay, yeah, you know, now you believe." All right, and so you know, but but then they hung out with him again for a little while. He even had a barbecue. All right, and they fried some fish. He really did. In John chapter twenty or twenty-one or something like that. All right, and they hung out and they talked with him and and they had a really good time with him. And then right before he was getting ready to blast off, he was getting ready to said because he said, "I'm gonna go." And, and, you know, to be with the Father, and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, so that way all those freaks in Pine Top can, uh, you know, share Jesus with, like, all kinds of cool gospel power, all right? And, yeah, and that's what he's talking about, right? And so, um, and he did, and he, but, but the day, right, before he was rolling out, right, right, that day he was rolling out, he's, he says this, he says, look at in Matthew chapter 28, God is your word, and we pray that you just um, lead us through your word for your glory in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, and here's what he said. He was telling all kinds of stuff. It, well, before this, he said he, they, they all went to this place that he told them to go. And when they saw him alive, it said that, it said that, um, that, they, that they, uh, they worshiped him, but some people doubted. Do you ever doubt while you're worshiping? You know, you're like, you're like worshiping God, but then you're like thinking, maybe, uh, is this even happening? But then you look at the person next to you, they're worshiping, so you do it anyways. You know what I mean? And so um, some of those guys were doing that. And he told him this, and he said this right in the midst of that. He said, look at, he he basically told all authority, right? All kinds of authority, say all. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And and I want, you know, and then he said, he said in verse 19, so go, right? And what he's not telling us is like, okay, man, I want you to start going. No, he's saying, he's like, you're already going. Like a lot of you guys, you have things that you're like, today was my anniversary, all right? Yeah, praise the Lord, right? Yeah, man, it's pretty awesome. All right? We've been married, like, it's our, it's our, it's our three-month anniversary, all right? And so we decided to just do it, all right? Um, no, we've actually been, we've known each other for 17. I don't know why I'm talking about this. We've known each other since we were 17, all right? I chased her down for about eight years, and then she finally gave in, all right? And then we didn't, we, we, you know, we were like crazy living for a long time. And then we gave our lives to Christ, and we got married, all right? It's pretty awesome because we got baptized on our honeymoon. It was pretty cool. And so, um, but anyways, um, why did I even bring that up, man? I was, what was I talking about? All right, as you're going, oh, as, as we're going. Because right after, we have next step, and after this, Debbie and I were going to go down to Phoenix and eat a 50-pound lobster. All right, and they really have them down there. I don't know if they're actually 50 pounds, but we're going to eat a big one. All right, so we're going. What I'm saying is we're going. All right, you know, I'm coming here, and so like you, 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 you showed up here. You got some places you're going to go after this. Some of you still trying to figure it out. All right, you got things you're going to do this afternoon. You got stuff going on tomorrow. All right. 
right? And you have a week going on, right? You have that Monday thing, the Tuesday thing, the Wednesday thing. And then some of you guys got the Monday night thing, the Tuesday night. So you're going, right? And so Jesus says this, he says, as you're going, you know what I mean? While you're out, and maybe you're already out, man. So he says, as you're going, I want you to go out and make disciples. While you're out there moving around, man, make disciples of, of all nations. Say all. Oh. Ew, man, I like it when you guys say all. Just say it again, all. Oh. Yeah, see, that's awesome. <laughs> Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to preserve all that I have commanded you. Say all. Oh. All that I have commanded you. And I will be with you always to the end of the age. Say always. Praise the Lord. And so we're starting this new series. We just finished up our very informal but kind of formal mission 101, missionary training 101 series last week. And we're starting this new series called Go. That's the name of this series called Go. And for the next five, six, maybe who knows how long, all right, a few weeks, we're going to be taking a practical look at what does it mean to go and make disciples, man? What does it mean? And a lot of us are like saying, you know, I'm wondering if God is ever going to send me, right? I'm wondering if when he does send me, where, where, where is he going to send me? And when actually is he going to do it? When the truth is, if you've given your life to Christ, he's already sent you. He's already about it. So, so you've already been sent, man. He's telling you, telling you to go. All right, and so I, well, we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks, but, but, but you know what, wait a second, I'm going to back up a little bit, because I understand, and I get it, man, this, this command to go, this command to go, this commission to go and make disciples, this mission, uh, you know, uh, making disciples of all nations, all right? you know, it might not be for everyone here, right? You know, it might be a little bit, you know, maybe, maybe it isn't for everyone here, right? Because if you're not a disciple of Jesus, how are you going to make disciples of Jesus, right? If you're not a follower of Jesus, what is up? Destiny, what's happening? All right. I just had to put her on blast. All right. Now I'm all, what's happening? All right. We should talk. All right. Anyways, um, so if you're not a disciple of Christ, you can't make disciples of Christ. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can't lead people to follow Jesus, right? If you're not glued, man, glued to Jesus and glued to the things that Jesus is teaching, then, then how can you lead others to this kind of life, right? And I get it. All right. But, but, I even, but maybe, maybe you even do know Jesus. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus, but you've got a twisted view of who he is and what he looks like in the world, and people freak out when you show up, right? And maybe that's the case, man, and if that is, man, I don't know if you should be telling people about Christ as well, because how are you going to go and share, you know, someone that you don't even know, right? But my prayer, man, my prayer and my hope, all right, my prayer and my hope is that by the end of this message today, Every one of you will recognize that you're called to go. Woo-hoo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord, right? Every one of you will recognize that you're called to go, man, because here's the deal, man. The truth is, people are hungrier than you think for Christ. All right? 
People are, are hungrier than they think. They're looking for more than you think they're looking for. They want to be engaged in a, in a Jesus conversation more than you think they want to be engaged in a Jesus conversation. We, well, I just told you, man, like over 3,000 to 4,000 people have been tuning in all week long, you know, and just getting in on these Jesus conversations. I shared with you this big map, you know, a few weeks ago of all the places in the, in the world that people are checking in with us on Facebook, on our website, when checking in on this Jesus conversation. It is happening. People want to talk about Jesus, and we're always thinking, no, they don't. But yeah, they do. Right? But here's what we need, man. So, you know, because if I'm going to ask you, what does it look like for you to lead the conversation? What does it look like for you to start engaging these people? What does it look like for you? I think we have to begin right here, man. People who claim to be Jesus people, all right, need to be Jesus to the people. Did you hear that? You're like, how could we not hear it? I'm going to tell you again. All right? People who claim to be Jesus people need to be Jesus to the people. Amen? amen? That's a good place for an amen, man. Y'all are slipping. Come on, man. We're trying to press people online. Come on. All right, check us out. All right. We need to be, we need to be Jesus to the people. Amen? That's, 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 that's it. And so last week, we ended with this idea that are you imitation worthy? Is your life imitation worthy? Remember what Paul said. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. All right? And that is a mantra that we want to own. That is a little saying that we want to own. We don't just want the t-shirt, man. We want the lifestyle. Right? We want the lifestyle. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Are you imitation worthy? How many times, man, has somebody come up to you to share Jesus and their life is nothing like Jesus? Has that ever happened to you? Has you ever watched somebody sharing Jesus and all of a sudden you find out all this crazy stuff's going on in their life behind you? Look over the shoulder, like just wreckage. You know, it's just crazy. I personally, I don't want that to be me. I can't stand if that kind of, if that ever, if when it creeps up in my life, I'm like, man, I'm not acting like Christ here, but I'm trying to represent Christ, but I don't look anything like Christ. I need to shut it down. All right? Not Christ down. I need to shut me down. Reboot, man, and get, get back to where I need to be. Amen? Praise the Lord. That's what, that's what I believe, man. This is who we are, though. This is the church. We're the Jesus people who need to be Jesus to the people. All right, well, what does that look like? I, check this out. I don't. I know. I don't know if many of you know this. All right, well, I got to put her on blast. We have a new writer. All right, that has been helping us um, and just writing this amazing. I don't know if you can check in on the on our church app. If you go to our church app and you go down to the reading plan, some of you guys already do this. All right, and uh, you'll go to the reading plan day one through five. All right. Well, Ginger uh, Evans has been kind of helping us out with this since the beginning of the year, and her writing is amazing. And as we were having this discussion about this sermon topic and stuff like that, and, and uh, you know, kind of giving her some of the questions, like, you know, um, you ever have somebody that, you know, tells you about Jesus, but their life looks nothing like Jesus? How do we deal with that kind of thing? All right, and she writes this, 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 this cool, I'm going to screw it up, I know I am, but here's my attempt, all right? She writes, does anybody remember Paul Walker? Paul Walker was an actor who died a few years ago, Fast and Furious. He was Brian, all right? You remember? Anyways, no? Maybe, am I the only one, that, the heathen here that watches Fast and Furious? 
Is that it? Am I the only one? Okay, okay, we've got a couple more heathens. Cool. All right, so got to be honest. Come on, man. Okay, anyway, if you remember him, all right, he died a few years ago, but he was quoted as saying when, when speaking about acting and his profession and his art, all right, he says, ba basically, you're selling a world as an actor, right? He says, I mean, it's like any salesperson. If you believe in your product, you know your product, and you, then you sell it a lot better. Now, what, I, what we're not doing and what she's not doing is comparing salesmanship, all right, to uh, leading people and discipling people. No, no, no. No, no, you'll see. You just follow me. All right, here's what she, she writes. She wrote, she wrote this. She goes, it was Paul's job to convince audiences that he was uh, indeed the character he played. And then, if, and so back in, I think it was 2006, she writes that he played a character in a movie called Flag of Our Fathers. All right? Yeah, you remember that. Okay, cool. Yeah, and he played uh, U.S. Marine Corps Sergeant um, Hank um, Hansen. Hank Hansen, all right, who was, and here's how she writes, who took part in the iconic U.S. flag raising at Mount Suribachi, all right, during the, world, during, during the Battle of Iwo Jima, World War II, all right? You, you know the, the, the statue you see at Arlington, all the guys, they got the flag going on. He, he, that, that was the movie, all right? And he played this guy, Hank Hansen. And, and I love the way she writes it. She says, audiences, most of which had never known Hank, were convinced for two hours and 15 minutes that Paul Walker was Hank Hansen. All right? They bought what Paul was, Paul was selling, yet at the end of the day, he was still just Paul Walker. Right? And Paul Walker, you know, we know he died a few years ago, and, and then back in, I think she, back in 1945, Hank Hansen was killed in action. But she, she, she paints this really cool picture, and if you can imagine it with me, imagine Paul Walker is in heaven, all right? And imagine Hank Hansen is there as well. And Paul runs up to Hank Hansen, Right? And he's like, Hank, what's up, buddy? You know what I mean? How you doing? You know what I mean? He's like, what's happening? Hank's all, do I know you? He goes, it's me, Paul, man. I played you in a movie, man. I studied your whole part. I studied you like crazy. And I, and I played you in a movie. And Hank might be appreciative, you know, right on, man. But, but at the end of the day, Hank is like, I, I don't really know you. <laughs> You're kind of weird. Get away from me. All right? Even if we're in heaven, <laughs> it's still kind of weird. But then she, she compares it to this, this area that, where Jesus says in Scripture, in, in John, um, Matthew chapter 7, I think it's verse 21, 22 area, right around there, where Jesus says, you know, in that day, many are going to come to me and say, hey, you know, didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I do this crazy thing? Didn't I do all this cruel, cool stuff for you, Jesus? Jesus is going to go, man, I don't even know you. I don't even know you, man. I, you know, and, and, and I love her conclusion because... She shares that, she goes, I don't want to hear those words ever spoken to me from Jesus. I don't want to merely act like Jesus in front of the world. Did you get that? I don't merely want to act like Jesus in front of the world and then go home and just be myself and just be this person that is just playing a part in front of the world. Do you? No, man, we don't want, that is not what the world needs. She says, I want to be able to be in heaven and run up to Jesus and say, I totally know you. And he's like, I totally know you too. What's up? Right on. All right. I totally want him to say that to me too. All right. Uh, but, but, but that has to begin right here, right? It has to begin right here. Jesus in me for the life of me. Amen. All right. Uh, Jesus people being Jesus to people in the world. Amen. That's where it begins, right here. The world around you needs a right view of Jesus Christ. Right now, what they're getting, man, you know this. 
All right, you know this. Maybe we're kind of sheltered right here because we got some really freaked out, loving people who really love Jesus here. All right, but if you turn on the news, and anytime you see a picture being painted of Jesus people, they're not so Jesus-like, right? It looks a little crazy. And right now, man, the world really does need a right view of Christ. Well, who's going to give it to them? It takes us. It takes you and me. It takes us to give them that right view of Christ. Because a lot of times, man, we recognize people are merely playing a part. And in that part, Jesus is getting lost. He's getting lost in the part. Amen? All right. And so I want to share something with you. I stole this, uh, this chart here from Gabe Lyons. He won't mind. Anyways. Um, but basically, this is... This, this, <laughs> I spelt interaction wrong, so somebody came to spell it right, uh, Jameson. And um, he was capping on me on my writing, but clearly... All right, this is Jameson's writing, all right, and this is mine, which is better. All right, thanks. All right, just checking. All right, so anyways. And so, Christian interaction with current culture. This is what's taking place right now, and we see this a lot. We see it all over the place. We see basically these two main camps that are, that are comprised of these subcamps, all right? We see this separatist camp, and we see this conformer camp. And we're trying to, okay, so what does that mean, actually? All right, let me just break some of this stuff down to you, all right? And in this camp right here, this first camp, separatist camp, you see people uh, that, are, that are just... Well, let me just say, let me, I'm not capping on the people, I'm just capping on the idea. Now, some of these things I'm going to share with you, you can say, well, there's some good in that, and you're right, but we have to be careful with the extreme. Uh, the first one I want to share with you is the insiders, all right? All right, the insiders. The insiders are saying there's nothing good outside. Everything good is inside. And so we have this like force field around us, all right, this subculture that everything, that anything unchristian, all right, including people, are not allowed in the circle. All right, we, we watch, watch no, no R-rated movies. All right, we watch, you know, we don't listen to any music that is not Christian music. We don't watch any movies that are Christian music. We only have Christian friends. We only talk about, we only do Christian things. We have a Christian baseball team. We have a Christian school. I'm not saying that any of these things are wrong. I'm not saying they're wrong. Please don't, mis don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that they're all wrong. I'm just saying when it becomes this bubble, all right, that doesn't look outside and doesn't even allow the outside to look in unless they, you know, go through the filter of getting saved, then you can get in the bubble. And then, hey, isn't it great in here? Actually, you know, it gets a little crazy. All right. And so I'm just saying this is part of the views that are out there. And we have to be very, very careful of the extreme, the insiders. The next one, ah, what did I call it? Oh, yeah, the petitioners, all right? And over here are, I'm going to spell this wrong, Petit. No, maybe I did it right. Anyways, there's an S outside the box, all right? Which they would be very angry about, all right? And so the petitioners are those people, man. They're, 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 they're the ones that are just, they're, 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 they seem to be fighting everything, you know? They're Christians, but all you know is what they're against and not what they're for. You know everything that they're against, and you don't even know who they're for. Right, the other ones, I was going to show this video, but I thought it was just a little too harsh. All right, I had this video of this guy that was outside uh, in front of a uh, pro pornographic film festival. And he was out there with his bullhorn and his sign saying, you're going to hell. And he was calling people pigs. And a guy came up to talk to me. He said, get away from me, pig. Get away from me, pig. And he said, talking about, and, he, and then out of his mouth would come, Jesus did this. And Jesus said this. He talked more about you're you know, going to hell. Than, and you know, it's like, it was like somebody punched that guy in the throat. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to be painted with that brush. Do you? 
All right, you know, so, so I mean, is it, is it okay to be against stuff? All right, well, of course, man, because not everything is good and right. But how do we motivate? How do we move? We're going to get to that. All right. Okay, so we got the insiders, the petitioners, and then we have, I don't know, man. Oh, yeah, the get saved people. All right. All right. And there again, there's nothing wrong with getting saved. All right. But here's what I, I've come across. And I actually, early in my walk with Christ, um, the, the church that I was in, they had this class on how to get people saved, how to get people saved. All right, and again, all the intentions were right, but it was like, man, come on, are you kidding me? Because there was just, it was just so harsh because there was no relational value involved. There was like, you had this piece of paper that you would carry, and I did this. I had it, and I'd be asking the question, put it back in my pocket, asking the question. And if you got to the final question and they weren't about it, then you just would say, okay, well, I guess they're just, they're, they're, they're not, God's not calling them, and walk away from them. And I was like, well, where's the relationship? Where's the love? Where is the love? Anyways, where's the love? Said a man, a man. I just like that song. You know what I mean? But where, where is that? Where's that? Where's that relational value that is necessary? That is that is the G that you saw with Christ. All right, again, is it wrong to get people saved? No, man. But it, it, I think if we looked at it differently, we might see different results. And again, if all we are is result based and result oriented, then I think we're missing something. And then we go over to the other side. And then we have this, this kind of opposite view, it seems. All right? They seem to be kind of in conjunction, but they have this opposite view. And over here in the conformers, we see what we call the blenders. All right? The blenders. They have this form of, they, they understand spiritual things. They know Jesus, but they're not big on making Jesus known. Matter of fact, they just want to blend into the crowd. And if their best friend doesn't know Christ, well, that's not my best friend. You know what I mean? I'm not going to offend him with my lifestyle. And so my lifestyle is kept quiet. I live for Jesus maybe when nobody's around. The rest of the time, I'm just blending in. And then over here we have, and again, nothing completely wrong with all this, the do-good people. And again, there's nothing wrong with, 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 with just being yourself in the crowd, all right? Okay, I, I told the first service, I, I don't dress to impress you, and you're, you are very quick to agree, right? <laughs> and so, you know, and I, and I get that, man, but, you know, I just, just be yourself. Yourself is a great self, so be yourself. Try that. It's pretty awesome. And then when you give your life to Christ and yourself is a Christ self, that's an amazing self, all right? And so the, the do-good people, man, they're out there. They want to do really great things, and there's nothing wrong with that, but the good things are pointing to themselves. They're not pointing to Jesus. And Jesus gets lost in the mix, all right? If we here at the church are just going to do things out in the community to point to what a great church we are, you know, just, I'm out. That's not what I signed up for. My life, our life, this church, the life of this church is the point to Jesus Christ, Period. And to make Christ known. Amen? And so, and when you look at this, man, you say, this is, because some of us can appeal to some of these areas, can't we? And some of us lean heavy in some of these areas, right? And I believe a lot of times it's because of our perception of who Christ is. We see Christ as a healer, all right? And if that's all we see, he was a healer, he is a healer. If that's all we see, we end up over here. We just need to go heal. But if we stop pointing to Christ, what good is it? 
You see, Christ, Christ didn't come around and put on any big, you know, phylactery, or not, oh, not phylacteries, but, uh, you know, the, the big hats that look like a wedge? He didn't wear one of those. You know what I mean? You know, but he just dressed like himself. But we, did he blend in? No, man. All right? You know, and the same thing over here, man. He, you know, he had his group, his inside group, but his inside group was outside all the time. All right? And did, were they against anything? Yeah, but you don't think that he was against most? He was, he was religious leaders. <laughs> And did he want people saved? Yes, but not at the... He, but he, 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 he did it through relations, through love. That's crazy. All right? And so this third box, I think, is the, is, is the expression that we need to express. And, and this one right here, we have the separatists, we have the conformer, and then we have this cool box right here. All right? And it's got that guy in it. All right? And the greatest pers- per- per- expression of, of this is... is Oh, yeah. All right. All right. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Because it's just right, man. Because when you look at all these things, man, back in the time of Christ, when Christ was around, this was taking place. All right, you heard of the Pharisees, originally called separatists. That's what the word actually means. Pharisees, separatists. In other words, you know what? Either get in the bubble or stay out of the bubble, but you need to figure it out because you're all, you know, you're all worthless and weak and nothing's good. All right, and and then there was another group called the Essenes. The Essenes were the people who said, no, you know what? Forget it. You're all going to hell. We're out of here. And they separated themselves completely from, from the crowd. All right, and then you had the uh, the Herodians. Are basically they were more they looked more like the the Roman government that was oppressing them than they did the actual people that were being oppressed. All right, and then you had the Sadducees. All right, who again were just these blenders, these people that just kind of blended in. All right, and, and then but 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 at the end of the day, it was all missing. And then Jesus came in, and how did Jesus roll? Jesus rolled pretty cool, man. And again, I, I got to tell you, you know, that each of us can appeal to some of this, and, not, and each of these things are not entirely bad, but we just have to be careful with our extremes. And so how did Jesus, how did he roll, man? When he came in, he breathed life. He breathed life into the world, man. He breathed life into the world, all right? And he was the answer to his own question. Pastor Joe's favorite question, what does love require? He was the answer to that question. He didn't hide all right, he didn't hide. He showed up at a kegger. I'm not even kidding. Look at it's in the book of Matthew. He showed up there surrounded by people that were just partying it up, man. Tax collectors, all right. There were, there were some prostitutes there. It was crazy. This the crowd. Even the religious leaders were standing outside, all right, because they wanted to go in, but they didn't think they'd be allowed, all right. But they saw Jesus there, and they're just kind of like, why is your, why is your master hang out with sinners? Why is he hanging out with all these crazy people? And you know what Jesus heard? He says, look at man, I came to help sick people, all right, get better. And you obviously think you're all right, so you have no need for me, man, so back off. He didn't hide, man. He didn't condemn. He didn't, he didn't condemn, all right? He didn't put, you know, pull out his signs and, and trash people. Remember, they brought a half-naked prostitute right in front of him, laid him down. Everybody, everybody's getting ready to beat her down with rocks, man. And he confronted them first. They took off, and he looked at her, and he goes, where are the people that are condemning you? She says, I don't know. And he, he lifted her up the ground, man. He says, I don't condemn you either. And through that love and through that care that was pure and not motivated by anything else, but the glory of God, he challenged her. Now, don't sin anymore. Go and don't sin anymore. 
He didn't hide, man. He didn't, he didn't condemn, and he didn't write off people who didn't want to get saved. Rather, he loved them and showed compassion for them. He, he wasn't lost in the crowd either. He stood out in the crowd. He wasn't lost in the crowd, but I guarantee the crowd didn't want to lose him. He fed the poor, but it wasn't so he could be seen as good. It was so the poor could see Jesus, so the poor could see God, so that the poor could see the kingdom. He looked for the poor. He took care of the hungry. All right, he pointed to the Father. He was interruptible. You can interrupt him, all right? He didn't challenge the state. He didn't rush to the state, to the, to the, to the uh, empire, with, but, but he did challenge the religious. He paid his taxes. He paid them quite uniquely, I might add, I don't know if you ever read where Jesus paid his taxes, taxes, you know what I'm saying? That stuff. He told a guy to go fishing and take the coins and go out of the fish's mouth. So it's April 15th coming. We all need to go fishing. Amen. That's not the lesson, but he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. What's God's? You know, he says, whose inscription is on this coin? They said, Caesar's, we'll give it to him. Whose inscriptions on you? Whose image are you made in? God, give that to him. Amen? That's how he rolled, man. Jesus was hardcore. He just was. He told us the greatest commandment was to do what? Love. Love, man. What if we lived lives that everything we said and did was preceded? Does that mean out front, preceded? Or proceed? I get mixed up. Was, was preceded by love. What if everything we did was preceded by love? Everything we said preceded by love. Can you imagine if we just tried to do that for six months up here in this community, what, what, it, what it would do to people? Some people would get mad because they can't handle it, right? But can you imagine if we came into the community and said, no, 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 here's what Jesus' people look like. They're Jesus to the people. Amen. Andy Crouch, he said that the, the only way to change culture is to create more of it. You get that? The only way to change, because we look at the culture, we're like, ah, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. I said, the best way to change it, the only way really to change it is to create more of it. Not run from it. Not hurt others because of it. And not to blend into it. But to be the ones that create, show, serve, something different. What's different? A no-strings-attached Jesus culture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People are hungry for more. They just don't know what more looks like. We do. We know. His name is Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. We know what more looks like, man. He was in the world, all right? He was not of the world, and in fact, came to save the world. And that is the thing about Jesus' people in the world. They need to be Jesus to the world. Amen? Check this out. The night before he was arrested, the night before Jesus was arrested, 
All right, uh, before he was crucified, the night he was arrested, the night before he was crucified, he was hanging out and he did a lot of stuff. Okay, some of you guys remember some of these things. He, uh, he told everybody, he had the boys up there, you know, they got the homies in the room and stuff and he broke bread and he says, I want you guys to take this and remember, all right, when you take this, I want you to remember that my body has been broken for you, all right, and about what I'm getting ready to do. He said, he poured this wine and poured this red wine out, man, and it looked, and he says, this is my blood. This is being poured out for you. I want you to remember this. You remember? This is what he did the night before he was, he, he was crucified. Also, that same night, you remember he washed, you heard the story about him washing the disciples' feet. He is God washing everybody in the house's feet. He did that. Also, that night, he, he shared with them, look, at I got a new commandment for you guys. All right? Uh, yeah, I want you to love, but let me just shine this commandment up a little bit, make it more shiny. It's not just love, you know, uh, you know, others if you love yourself. I want you to love one another the way I loved you. That just made it crazy, right? And then after teaching for a little while, he said this crazy prayer in John chapter 17. It would do you well, man, just to read this prayer. Just, I mean, a few times a year, man, just kind of just... Read this and try to understand what is God doing here because he, 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 Jesus prays for himself and the glory that, that, that he brought God well here. Then he starts to pray for his disciples and then he prays for us. And you say, how do you know he prays for us? Because right around verse 20, he says, I'm not only praying for these guys, I'm praying for everyone who's gonna believe in me through their word. Through the, the words that they write, the, the, the gospels that they, that they write and the letters that they write. That's a big deal. And what did he pray for us? Here's just a piece in John chapter 17, verse 15, he says, look, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. I'm not asking that you remove them from the world, that they, that they are separated from the world, all right? But you keep them from, 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 from conforming to the world. And we're looking at that and we're saying, okay, well, I think I'm doing pretty good. Well, the problem is, man, is, is without God's word, we have a hard time recognizing how things are going in our life. Because evil in the world today has become so skewed. There's so many things that are not good that are being just heralded as good. But how can we know the difference? It's, 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 um, it's, like, um, it's like taking a bucket, all right, and getting in the swimming pool with a, with, a, with a bucket of water, with a bucket, right? And then you put the bucket in the water, in the swimming pool. You can walk all around that pool. Say the water's up to here. You can walk all around that pool with that bucket, right? No problem. You can lift it up. You can do, it's not that big of a deal. But once you take that bucket out of the water, it's heavier, right? And depending on the side of the bucket, if you try to get up on the, on the, on the, on the edge there, it makes it real heavy, doesn't it, right? Well, uh, imagine our life in sin like that. If, we, if, we are, if, if we're of the world, all right, that, that sin is not heavy. It's not heavy, man. It's not heavy at all, man. You know what I mean? but, but, but once by, by the light of Christ in our life and by his word in our life, we are removed not of the world, but, but, but just barely in the world, but not of it. Well, now we start to recognize, wait, there's some junk here that we're carrying around that is heavy and it does not fit in this life. And we just pour, just pour it out. And God starts to pour it out through his word and his refinement of his Holy Spirit in your life, man. And this is the life that he's calling us. He said, look, God, I'm not asking you that you take them out of the world, but, uh, but, uh, but, that, but that you keep them from the, from, from the evil one because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, he says in verse 17, in the truth. Your word is truth. 
Sanctify them in the truth. Make them clean. Set them apart in the truth. Okay, so, so we have these images, man. Wait, are we in the world? Are we out of the world? Are we out of the world? Where are we at, man? And wait, sanctify. That means take me and separate me. Set me apart. What's the deal? All right, well, what would it look like? What would it look like to take a person who was totally of the world, all right, to give their life to Christ, all right, and not just jump back and just, you know, now I'm, I'm just going to blend in, I'm just going to do good, and not just kind of, I'm just going to separate myself. No, what does it look for that human being who was of the world, but now of Christ and in the world? Well, that changes everything. That changes everything. Everything around you. Everything around you, man, as we stay close. If I am of Christ, if you are of Christ, you know, who, who, where do you come from? I come from Jesus, man. I used to tell people when they asked me where I was born, I said Disneyland, just to freak them out, all right? And now, but now I tell them I've been born in Christ. I'm of Christ. And that creates a challenge in my life, man. Not to play a part, not to act a part, not to, you know, just put on Jesus and then take off Christ when I'm at home or when I'm out of town. But to be Christ. Christ in me for the life of me, amen? All day. What does it look like for you who were once of the world to be sanctified in Christ and to now be in the world. What does that mean for the people around you? Jesus ends, he says, look at, well, he doesn't end here, but we're gonna end right here. He says, as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. Jesus people should be Jesus to the people, amen? Jesus people being Jesus to the people. We're the sent ones. Every one of us here. At the beginning, I said, look, this might not be for everyone here. But I believe now it is. I believe now that this sent, this commission, this mission, all right, this, this command by God, I believe it's for every one of us here. We're sent. We're the sent ones. We're the ones who are going to need. What does that mean, man? And what we're going to talk about over the next six weeks. This is going to get crazy, all right? But what does it mean for us? It means that we're going to be more purposeful in our careers and even in our jobs. I don't care where you work. What does it look like for you to be in Christ? All right, in the world, of Christ in the world, my bad. What does it look like for you to be of Christ in the world, at your job? more purposeful in our careers, more purposeful in our school, more generous with our time, more generous with our possessions. We don't separate from the world. We don't blend into the world. But you know what? We thoughtfully engage whole heart, all Christ, all day long. Amen? This, I like to call this living on the edge, E-D-G-E, everyday God experience. Boom. What do you think of that one? Hot out. That was kind of goofy, I know. And that's why this, this series, we're going to take a practical look. 
and instead of asking, when is he going to, you know, you know, is he going to send me? When is he going to send me? Where is he going to send me? It's owning the position that we are already sent. And so what does it look like to go? And we're going to take a look at what does it look like to go home? That's the first place we need to go. Your ministry begins there. Your ministry begins in your home. What does it look like to go home? Amen? What does it look like to go to our friends and to our families? Amen? What does it look like to go to work and go to school as you are going? What does it look like, all right, to uh, pour into different generations, to pour into an older generation, to pour into a younger generation, to develop these cross-generational relationships because they're extremely necessary? I know this, man, that the the next great ideas are probably not going to come from my peer group. They're going to come from some of yours, a younger group. You're going to have the great ideas, but you're going to need some wisdom, and that's where we come in. Not only that, man, if we're all going to build something, we need to hand it off to somebody, right? We need to get those ready. What does it look like to go across the street into your neighborhood? What does it mean to be a good neighbor? What does it look like to go wherever you're going? I have to ask that question. I mean, we're taking off to the valley this afternoon, Debbie and I. What does it look like for us to go? We're going to do some running around tomorrow, having a blast. What does it look like for us to go? What does it look like for you to go? What if God calls you to go farther? What does that look like? So, some of the homework. You know, I always like to ask you, what, you, what, do, you, what do you guys want to, or I like to share with you what I think you guys can do. Well, one thing I think you can do is commit at least to these next six sermons, teachings. Hey, man, where are you going, man? I'm almost done. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, you're standing right there? Oh, okay, good, good, good. Okay, All right, man. Come on, let's check it out. All right. He's going to help with the board. He's working. What does it look like to go? Well, challenge you. Show up these next six weeks. Stay engaged. Join us in the discussion. Check out some of the stuff that we're doing on app. Get involved in community group. But I will challenge you to this one thing over the next six weeks. This might help. Read your Bible. Specifically read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just read through this, the life of Christ. And just see how did Jesus, how was Jesus to the people? So we can get a, maybe a better view of what it means to be a Jesus person. And to be Jesus to the people around us. Amen. Father, we praise you. We love you. I want to thank you, Lord God, for your glory. And uh, 
Well, thank you, Father, for your word. And Lord, I just want to say, um, well, I just want to pray, Father, for every one of us here, Father, that, man, you can just help us with our questions. Help us with our questions. Because every one of us could have some kind of pushback or some kind of craziness. And we pray, Lord, that you help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.